Welcome to Bob Cargill's Marketing Show, a ridiculously awesome podcast bursting with insightful commentaries and intriguing conversations on the topics and issues that are on the minds of marketers, advertisers, social media, and PR professionals today. Hey, everybody, this is Bob Cargill from Bob Cargill's Marketing Show. It is Friday, September 4, 2020. Can't believe it. Time flies. This year is going by quickly, but you know what? It can't go by quickly enough. We are experiencing difficult days, tough times, the pandemic. We're months into it, and right off the top, I want to say I'm thinking of you, wishing you well, hoping everybody is okay out there. We are hunkering down in our home offices and, and that's where I'm coming to you from, my home office here in Sudbury. And today I'm gonna to be talking to Jessie Cohn of Jessie Cohn Marketing. She is president of her own business. Jessie and I worked together years ago at, at Vistaprint. So, so yeah, we know each other. Our paths have crossed in this industry from time to time especially back then when we worked together for two or three years or so. Jesse, really glad you're here today joining me. Thanks for being here. And as I ask every guest right at the top of the show, please tell my audience, our audience, all about yourself, your background, and whatever else you want to say. Sure. Thanks for having me. I'm psyched to be chatting with you, Bob. I love working with you. So, um, you know, as Bob mentioned, as you mentioned, I, you know, started off at Vistaprint, so that was a fun ride, and we'll probably talk about that a little bit later, but kind of, you know, the rundown of me, I've been a B2B marketer for the majority of my career, so I've worked at startups and growing businesses and agencies, so I've done a little bit of everything, which is interesting. I have some good stories to tell about that experience, so, you know, my latest uh, venture, I was always curious about running my own agency. And so the opportunity kind of presented itself last year. And, you know, I've been thinking about it for a while. And so I launched January 2nd, um, uh, creatively named Jesse Cohen Marketing. <laughs> That's well, good branding, personal branding. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things that, um, you know, I love branding and it's uh, near, near, branding is near and dear to my heart in particular. But when you're an individual and you've been around, you know, Boston is a small marketing community, although a big city and we have some huge companies here, we all kind of know each other and we've heard about each other. And so my thought was I could call my company something super creative, like, you know, purple porcupine or something like that. But then you get into the trouble of like the, the SEO piece of it. So I said, you know what, I build up so much credibility, hopefully around my own name why not just call it after myself? And that way there's, if you Google me, I come up. <laughs> so Jesse, that was... I, I think that's wicked smart. <laughs> and, and I can relate, as you can see back here, the sign, Bob Cargill's marketing show, yeah. you, you know, back in the nineties, um, a long, long time ago, uh, I've been around a long time. I had my own business for seven years. It was Cargill uh -huh. creative. Now I'm just going by my name, Bob Cargill. So I, I, I applaud you and, and say, yes, brand yourself, get your name out there. And it is out there. I, I see you online all the time. And, and I love that you started your own business. I think of how we met and I didn't realize you were just starting your career then because you were, um, seemed like you were, um, you know, well into things <laughs> smoothly, um, you know, professionally. Um, and that I guess was at the beginning of your career when we worked together at, at Vistaprint. 
Yeah. So I had been, so when we were at Vistaprint, they had, it was before they went, I started before they went public. I think they had, and I started off in their sales and service department, actually. They didn't have a call center yet. They were building that up. There were a couple other people who started with me, you know, and we were doing inside sales and their creative services. And that was really, really a neat, looking back, it was a neat experience in particular. So to be able, I think every marketer should have an opportunity to do sales, whether it's inside sales or work on commission or do something, because you realize kind of the nuance of that industry and it makes you a better marketer and it eliminates the fear. Like I'll talk to anybody. I know you'll do the same thing, Yeah. but you know, as a marketer, it's really important for us to be able to understand, you know, the intricacies of the sales process. And I had that opportunity at Vistaprint really early on. So that was cool. And then a couple of years in, I moved up to out of that department into the, what was called the content team. So content at Vistaprint at the time was the team, it was the creative team that was designing the template. So all of the, like the business card designs. And I know at that point, you know, when I started my particular team, I was a project manager, there were six designers. And by the time I left, there were 40. And I know that's when you and I met and the expansion of that rapid growth through Vistaprint post, you know, when I say it was 06 to 08, eight right around there yeah that's yeah when, date ourselves so yep yeah. Um, yeah but you're not dating i'm dating myself telling you <laughs> admitting that that was like my 15th job out of college whereas it might have only been your first or second or i third. had a few internships like <laughs> i said I, but I've you were, been working since i was 18 so <laughs> you were early in your career then and, and, it's true. and i i was like 20 25 years in and now i'm 35 <laughs> plus years in but but you still look great bob thank, thank you jesse thank you for saying that um, but yeah, I felt like we were peers there and you were so top-notch uh, professional and I knew you were going places and you have gone places and now you have your own business and, and it's, that's real impressive. Thank you, by the way, if I didn't thank you already for being on the show today. I'm really, it's a, pleasure. It's a pleasure and an honor to have you on the show. Um, how has, so, so Jesse Co-Marketing, you know, we, we, we go from Vistaprint 10, 12 years ago to now Jesse Co-Marketing, your own business, and you're still very um, early in your career, lots in front of you. What, what is your plan with Jesse Co-Marketing? What, where do you want to take it? Um, I guess, what are you doing also at Jesse Co-Marketing? Sure. So the pandemic throws, I'm not going to call it a wrench. It throws let's call it some donuts, you know, because donuts look delicious and taste delicious, but they also can not be good for you either. So we're going to throw some donuts at me, you know, so you have to take a pivot and a left turn and a right turn. So, you know, I think the, what I'm doing now, which is not to say what I could be doing in the future, but what I've been doing. So um, I do a lot of, you know, with my background in leading marketing teams, I do a lot of marketing strategy. And so you know, people will say, well, what does that, like, what does that really mean? And so what, when I specialize in is pairing um, strategic marketing plans with actionable tactics. So being able to take um, what, you know, talking to a marketing team and understanding their goals and then being able to actually tell them how to get there. You know, I've been on the other end where I've hired consultants and I've worked with some great people, but I've also worked with people who say, okay, here's the plan. I built it for you. You paid for it. Good luck. I'm like, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. How do I do this? Like, where do I spend the money? How do I do this smartly? So I wanted to be able to make sure that the clients that I'm working with, I can fill that gap for them. So being able to actually say, 
here's how you do it. Here's the technology options. Here's the one that I would recommend, or here's the, I'm not really sure what we do. I know a specialist, let's bring them in and have that conversation. So it's really playing that, you know, the word fractional CMO or fractional marketing mm -hmm. leadership, whatever you want to call it. So that role for a lot of people. And so I, um, I work with a lot of agencies. A lot of my vendors work with me too, because, you know, this type of role isn't, can be full-time, but also can be brought in on a project basis. So that's, that's, I do a lot of that, but also, you know, with COVID, we all had to, you know, they had to, you know, the, they threw some donuts at me, so I had to pivot. And so I do a lot with small local businesses too. So same concept, but on a much smaller scale. Um, I, I yeah. think that's what you're doing is, is filling a need. Like you say, that fractional CMO, almost their, their marketing department outsourced, their marketing activities outsourced to you in, in the roadmap, the, the blueprint perhaps. And then also, as you say, not just strategy, but, but it sounds like you're helping people find the, say, resources, human resources, uh, people and teams to actually do what they need to do as well in terms of what you recommend. Maybe they have that, those people inside, but I'm guessing you, you, you also recommend freelancers and, and, yeah. and tacticians as well. It depends. I mean, so again, my ideal client, you know, if, if I'm looking at target audiences, you know, there are people who don't have marketing teams or don't have leadership in place, you know, with, and I'd be curious in your thoughts on this too, with the pandemic, we've seen such a big shift of how marketing has approached it. I mean, marketing is a cost center within a lot of organizations. And so, you know, when sales to deviate from the plan, how do you compensate internally from a cost perspective? Marketing is naturally the first place where people start cutting. I, I agree. Unfortunately, you know, it's the nature of the beast. Yep. So <laughs> no, we tend to be overlooked and it's ironic because you yourself mentioned the experience in sales at Vistaprint and how important that is. And, and having had my own business, I've, I've done some selling. I'm, I'm do, doing some selling you know, now in terms of bringing in my own clients. Marketing is, 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 uh, is, um, goes, is dovetails with, with sales or vice versa. You can't, to me, have one without the other. So it is ironic they tend to, to cut marketing or think it's a luxury when you know, marketing leads to sales in, in some may say it's almost one in the same. Well, and it's become even, you know, there's, I would say probably 10 years ago, there was this whole mantra around marketing sales and there's always this friction. Like I would literally walk around the office the last two jobs that I've had and say, look, if sales doesn't sell, we don't have jobs. We have to figure out how to help them do it better. Yes. They may not be, you know, there may be ways that we're like, mm, let's tweak your language here a little bit, or that's not totally right. Let's shift it. But we have to figure out how to work together. And so, you know, it's the same, the finance team, because you're going to be in there constantly think, okay, I'm spending some more money. I'm spending some more money. But from a sales perspective, it's critically important to be aligned or have a healthy discourse around how to be able to do it better. You know, it's not this like, screw sales, we're not going to, you know, they're not doing it right. We're not doing like, that's not how this needs to work, you know, moving now and moving forward. You know, I think the pandemic has shown that in a lot of cases too. So. No, I think what, you know, so it's, it's sad and, and ironic and, and there are other words to describe mm -hmm. the fact that marketing can be overlooked and, 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 
cut from, from budgets. At the same time, people like you and I may have even more opportunities because the full-time people aren't getting the jobs or even the part-time at these bigger companies or small companies, like you said. Um, so they are looking to outsource and, and hire freelancers and contractors. And with the pandemic, because sales are generally down across the board, you'd think, and I'm seeing quite a bit of this, frankly, they're realizing that, hey, we got to market even more, or we have to market differently. And, and for me, because I specialize in, in social media and in online communications, digital communications, they're coming to me saying, how do we do this? How do we even, you know, social media one-on-one, how do we do the basics? So I personally provide some strategy like you do, but I think, you know, I do a lot of the actual hands-on work. They'll say, can you manage our uh, Twitter account or, or all of our social media accounts or, or what should the cadence be or, or what kind of content can we, we create? And, and that's the kind of thing I do. So I have done like you some strategy and, and some plans, but I tend to be more on the hands-on roll up your sleeves. Yeah. You know, and that's what I did yeah. at Vistaprint. I mean, I was a senior copywriter there. I yeah. managed a lot of people, but, but we got the work done and, and you were more overseeing or helping us to, to organize and schedule. Um, yeah. So I think you do have the higher level perspective. You had it then. I know that. So yeah. I'm sure you <laughs> are even uh, obviously better and more experienced now than, 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 than you were then in terms of taking the whole piece, all the pieces and putting them together into, into uh, one, one perfect picture. Yeah, for me, that's kind of like running my own agency. And again, it's just me and my chief dog officer over here <laughs> on the floor. Um, Nelly, Nelly, right? Yep. So and for, I have I've, Lucy. <laughs> yeah. Lucy's Our lovely the, ladies. <laughs> yeah. Is, is Nelly in that room with you or, or? She is. She is usually, so here's the running joke is I use, she used to come to the office with me too. She snores. She's a, a, res, <laughs> a rescue. She's a, a senior lady. She's a pit mastiff mix, but she snores so loud. And so Love even that. though I have the earphones and the, like people can hear her, I'm like, I have to apologize in advance. My dog's sleeping <laughs> on the floor. You know, she's, she's a little, little mini little b2b marketing celebrity i like to say i've seen nelly on <laughs> on instagram and shows and, up everywhere yes and you may have seen lucy on, on uh, yeah. instagram from time to time so, lucy i i hope behaves behind that door she usually does unless a delivery person comes that she doesn't recognize or or someone walks by that she doesn't recognize she might stop i think barking. it's fun like, I think that's part of, you know, again, trying to put silver linings around the situations going on in the world at the moment. The fact that we're all home. I love when kids pop up on video too. You know, I've had a few funny phone calls yep. with clients or prospective clients and Nellie's barking her head off or like, you know, there's kids on this. I just think it's awesome. I think you it's talk just, about the silver lining. I think we all have uh, grown to appreciate the, 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 that we're all human beings that, mm -hmm. that, that uh, we're all being challenged in different ways now and, and we're at home, we can see each other's uh, home offices when, when we're on yeah. Zoom. And, and yeah, we have family and, 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 and that could include dogs and cats and, and other true. pets. And, and, and yeah, I think we've learned to recognize that, uh, you know, transparency and authenticity uh, matters more than ever nowadays. I think that's the, the human 
piece of it, you know, even with businesses and being able to, you know, connect at that level, like we're all, I don't know about you, but like a lot of my clients and myself are all craving this like authentic human connection since we're not getting it. You know, we've been running too fast, I guess is the nice way I'm going to say that. And it just is wonderful to be able to have these situations where, you know, you have like three people on screen and you're like, oh, that's a different background. Where are you today? Oh, I'm doing this. Like, it just creates this sense of like, this. I'm, I'm half sentences, but like the idea of like community and being able to really, you know, I've redone my office. I'm in a living room in my house, to be perfectly honest with you. It's an addition in the back of the house. Um, and I've redone kind of my situation in here three or four times. And every time I get on the phone with the client, they're like, oh, that's different. What do you got back there? I'm like, what do you think? Look at all, you know, what do you think's going on back here? And they're like, what's that picture of? And you have these like really nice human connection conversations that you're not, that we're not getting when we're at the office. I mean, I'm not at an office, (laughs) but I just think it's nice that we're all kind of in this shared situation is how. Yeah, no, we're all the cliche all in this together, Jesse. And mm-hmm. I agree with you. I, so I miss greatly. I, you know, went go to ordinarily tons of networking events, big uh-huh. events. I, I speak at them, I network uh, at them and I miss all of that. The high fives, the hugs, the shaking hands, the business cards, exchanging, talking, laughing, applauding, but silver lining. Yes. I've had a million, um, that's exaggeration, obviously, but Zoom calls, you know, like this, it could be 10 people on the screen or a lot of one-on-ones like this. And I'm getting to know people, those people I do talk to better than ever and appreciating them more than ever, because you're right, we moved and generally we do. Pandemic, uh, uh, when we're not going through a pandemic, which is most of our lives and hopefully never again after this. Hopefully, um, not that wood. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we learn from this and yeah. slow down and stop and smell the roses and, and appreciate uh, things like we're appreciating things now more uh, when, when we can get back to, to action. You know, I, I used to commute into Boston all the time and that, that hassle, you know, I, I miss some of it, but at the same time, I think we're realizing we don't need it. We can no. work from home. We can spend more quality time with the people we do talk to. Look at you and I are talking like this and have, have we ever, and it's in the 12 years that we've known each other, have we ever talked to each other one-on-one for more than 10 minutes? Yeah, no, I mean, that's the, for me, that's like kind of the best part about it is you're able to really have this dedicated time that with people that I wouldn't have been able to get to know as quickly and have become really great partners, referral partners, both ways. You know, I've been referring business out to people who don't meet my niche. Like I've sent three of them this morning because they're like, I, you know, the other thing that I'm known for, I've been doing it as a side hustle for years. I build Squarespace websites. So it's something creatively that I love to do. But and I know WordPress, I know the, I know Wix, I know some of these other platforms and I don't touch WordPress. So I have somebody that I refer all my WordPress. I have two people actually that I refer all my WordPress people to. And I would never have met her. She and I did a full video series. Like it's so, we were talking about this the other day. Like she's become, you know, not only like a referral partner, but a real like colleague and partner. And like, there's an opportunity to build and do projects. And we would never have gotten to know each other if this hadn't, you know, this pandemic hadn't happened. So, you know, adding to that silver lining a little bit more. So. No, absolutely. My, my blog, which I started in 2004, 
long time ago. Um, you know, when I worked at Vistaprint, I was clamoring to to get more into social media uh, that long ago, and, and fortunately now I am doing tons of it. But my blog is on WordPress, um, and and I love WordPress, and I've gotten to know WordPress quite well myself. But I still have to outsource mm -hmm. some of the design and certainly the coding, and and to know that you well. You don't do the WordPress, you do all, everything else. It sounds I got like, some peeps for you. But you got some peeps, yeah. <laughs> so that's good to know. I mean, I, I have peeps as well, and then we can exchange peeps, <laughs> um, you know, combine, combine networks, and, and we become even Certainly. more powerful. Let me drill down a little, Jesse. I have so many questions I want to ask you, um, okay. and I want to get specific social media, because I do that a lot myself. Mm -hmm. You know that. Um, so I'm curious how much you use social media, either for yourself or for your clients. And regardless of how much you, you, you use it, I'm curious how it works for you and, and what you do do with it specifically, even if it's not a ton. Sure. So social media is an interesting animal. Again, because I'm serving two audiences, you know, my ideal clients really sit in two buckets that don't necessarily always overlap, which is an ear, a, a weird situation to be in. But I love them both and they're both lucrative, so why not? So, you know, you have your big, your B2B business world and then my, my, my local business world, I guess is how I'll describe them. Um, and then there's me personally is the third one. So I'll start there because that's an easy one to answer. You know, I, from a social media perspective, I mean, I have a Facebook page, I have LinkedIn, I have a Twitter account. I actually have three Instagram accounts. And I'll share a little secret with you because one isn't totally public yet, but it's, it's a fun one. And I think you'll get a kick out of it. So, um, you know, from an Instagram perspective, I, I have a personal one that's dog focused. I needed a place, you know, the way they thought about it was I needed a place. I just, I, there's, it's a passion of mine. You know, I'll, I won't get on my soapbox, but the idea of the breed specific, discrimination and so on and so forth. So I just wanted a place to be able to share positive influential photos of my dog selfishly that weren't like invasive. People can choose to look at them. And I didn't want to do it on Facebook. So that's one Instagram. Then I have a business one for me. Obviously that one's pretty straightforward. Um, the third one is called Lots of Tacos. I have a friend who lives in Texas and we both are obsessed with tacos. And we just wanted a fun project to focus on during the pandemic. And she's like, I was like, let's start a taco Instagram account and see if we can get sponsored. She's like, all right, we have 26 followers. It's been live for like a week or two. We're working we on a started. website. Yeah, we're working on a website, working on some branding for it. So lots, L-O-T-S, zero tacos, lots of tacos. We're taking submissions. So just who doesn't love a good taco man They're i love tacos delicious. i don't have them hardly ever but i love them i love mexican food me um, too where so quick digression are, yeah. any taco recommendations locally or so or? i mean <laughs> put you on the spot i know so i eat i cook a lot of them at home so i oh, love for oh. those of us who don't know me who are listening i love food my i love to cook i have a big background in cooking i've worked for cooking websites i'm like obsessed so locally um i'm trying to think the best tacos aside from my own kitchen there's a couple of places on marlboro um Sarap, is it zarapes in marlboro center yeah i think I, yeah 
Um, I just saw somebody else post one and I don't remember the name of it. I'll look it up and send it to you that someone was like, these are like the best tacos I've had in a long time. Interesting. I do love so, tacos. I, I think of Taco Bell. That's easy to, to I mean, think of. Oh, they might be a good, good potential sponsor for Don't it. worry. I've already tagged them. <laughs> them and uh, there's so my friend who does it with me is in Austin, Texas, and that's the breakfast taco capital of the world. So, you know, it's, it's just fun. We're hoping we'll see what happens. Fingers crossed. <laughs> that is cool. That is something different. And, and, and I love, you know, I love Instagram. I use it a lot. I, I have my, my own business account, but I share a ton of personal stuff on that mm -hmm. account as well. I, I, but Instagram to me is, is fairly, not fairly, very easy to use. And, and it's fun. And, and you see all the pictures and the videos, you know, I do a ton of videos. Yep. Occasionally I share pictures of my my dog. Lots of times, I do selfies with my my wife and uh, I when we go out into Boston and walk around. I miss the group selfies. I take a ton of, of group know. selfies normally. And you know what I'm doing? I am curating all my during the pandemic. I've been curating all my group selfies. I mean, I, I'm telling you, it's it's well over a hundred. It might be wow. several hundred. I'm serious. I have so many group selfies and and I want to do something with it make you know it some of them may be in the book I'm writing oh. yeah I've, I've written a I've written the first draft just yet. I don't know if you know um that includes you were talking about it when I said yeah. last no year. the first yeah. draft is written 70,000 words wow and all the pictures if you could see the rest of this room over here I've been going through old files and taking pictures of some of the work I've done some of the you know, and going back many years, it's it's hard to find pictures of me and my colleagues. And it's it's called tentatively 20 jobs, 20 lessons. And it's literally from 1983 when I started as a copywriter at RCA Direct Marketing up until now. And wow. I'm not even gonna share you you shared a little secret. I have a actually several secrets in this book, you know, <laughs> about my personal life and, and also a little bit um professionally. Um you know, I try to get, it's, it's a memoir, to be honest with you. It's a memoir of every job I've had, what I've learned, and, you know, mostly business, but there are a few personal things I share in there, you know, in terms of my uh, ambition way back when, and, and some of my disappointments over the course of my career, and, and some of what I still hope happens. I, I like to believe my best years are still ahead of me. I, I like to believe that. I think <laughs> after this pandemic, it's going to be a different world. And I think it'll be a lot more pleasant, hopefully. You know, there's a lot of factors that go into that. But I think at least, you know, some of the way that we choose to work together and the way that we kind of hinted around it earlier, but the way that we value work and life, you know, the balance there is going to yes. hopefully shift. I think we've all been, you know, it's um, leading an exhausting life is... And, and hopefully it'll be, you know, I've even heard, I don't remember who I was talking to, um, but it was literally like, you know, you're making a decision about, you know, historically it's like, oh, I'll go to this networking event or go like, I'll fill my schedule up at nighttime. And now you're making the decision, do I go to that networking Zoom call or do I spend a couple extra minutes like cooking dinner with my kids? Mm -hmm. People are choosing the cooking dinner piece of it. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a really interesting it'll be really, hopefully it heads in the right direction. And I hope to kind of see this shift. And to your point, you know, the best years hopefully are, you know. Ahead of us all. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yes. You know.
Jesse, you touched on something that is, is very <laughs> emotional to me because in writing this book, um, if my wife were here, she would concur um, 110%, I'm sure. I'm realizing how painful, <laughs> yes, a lot of what I've done has been and how challenging the work world. I mean, I look at my schedules. I mean, you know, even when you and I work together, yeah, it was crazy. You know, how many meetings, how much we pack into a day. I mean, I have a list of like, you know, 50 things I need to do this day, calls, meetings, things I had to write, travel, uh, clients, it goes on and on. And I know that's business. And I'm a very competitive driven like you. I know you are. You're, you're, you're running your own business. So you're, you know what you're There's doing. You're ambitious. <laughs> you're hard, hard working. But yeah, we all need to, you know, step back. And that's what this pandemic has forced on us and take a few breaths and, and realize what's important. And, you know, hopefully, yes, after post pandemic, hopefully there's a better work life balance and there's a different definition for success, maybe. Certainly. I mean, it's, it's an interesting, you know, when I went out and we're jumping all over this place, so I'm going to go in another. Yeah, that's okay. Here. I, yeah, um, <laughs> you know, one, one of the things I just remember, and I, I think I posted, I'm, I'm pretty prolific on LinkedIn regularly. That's kind of my, from a business perspective. I see you platform. there a lot. Yes. Yeah, I'm glad you bring up LinkedIn. Yeah. yeah. So Facebook is a whole other animal and I'm not even going to touch it because that is a whole separate hour of conversation. But thinking about LinkedIn in particular, you know, I think I posted, um, it might've been a couple of weeks ago and not to, you know, podcasts are evergreen in a lot of ways, but I think about my marketing career in particular. And I just remember distinctly when I was in uh, college, um, I was sitting in a car with a, a buddy of mine and I, I think he was a philosophy major, go figure. And I was an art major, but I had a minor in business knowing that I'd probably end up in some sort of agency management. I always love creative stuff. I'm an, you know, I love art, so on and so forth. He just looked at me and said, why do you want to go? Like his perception of marketing was sales. He's like, why do you want to sell stuff to people? Obviously he used different words there. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to sell stuff to people. I want to, I, it's not what I want to do. I want to help raise awareness for things that I'm passionate about is how I think about it. And so the opportunity of building my own business, I sought out brands that have purpose. And I think this pandemic is even going to shift that further. It's something that like, you know, again, I'm working. One of the reasons I love working with smaller local businesses is although they may be selling things, there's a purpose. You're helping somebody build their dream. And that is amazing. And, you know, the agency that I work regularly with is a purpose-driven branding agency, you know, to give Katie Burkhardt a shout out, you know, matter seven, check them out. Um, shameless, shameless plug on my part. No, I'm writing but, this down. <laughs> and this is even, when we, when we share this, you can give them a plug, you know, oh, say that you gave them a plug in this. So even like these larger B2B companies, I'm seeing these mission driven messages crop up, even if they're like, even if it's not ingrained in their culture yet, I'm seeing this huge shift in the market around yes businesses that are bringing up their sustainability code to the front. They're bringing up their social impact statements. They're encouraging, you know, cultural shifts within their organization yes. to give back and mentorship. It's, it's like leadership team goals are shifting to include volunteering and mentoring that like I'm getting goosebumps even talking about it. Like that to me is 
awesome. And that's what I wanted to do. And those are the types of companies I want to work with is people who understand, you know, how to give back. Like on a personal note, a number of years ago, I love, I love makeup. I don't know if you can relate you know, to each their own, but skincare and home care products and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. We made a commitment in our house to shift everything over to be cruelty-free and truly be cruelty-free. So doing the research, understanding the larger corporations that are involved with the laws and stuff like that. Again, I won't get on my soapbox, but like making those decisions and really stick by it and making the purchase decisions that support that. And then seeking out other like-minded people who choose to kind of live in that Mm-hmm. positive influence give back type of type of world i know that was my that was my spiel no that's a great <laughs> <Sorry>. spiel. <laughs> listen i often do clips from these long conversations and that would be a great clip to to highlight jesse Cohn and jesse Cohn marketing because i wrote down and i can always go back and listen to this again <laughs> and excerpt more but help raise awareness of of things i'm passionate about and and you're um, not necessarily inclined towards sales, but in, in, inclined towards helping businesses grow and, and meaningful businesses and businesses that help people, not just sell things. And trust me, I am, you know, of the same cloth, um, of the same ilk, Jesse. And I think you know that. And that's why we used to talk all the time at this yeah. time, um, our, our occasional water cooler talk, um, chit chat. Um, because we are of the same ilk. I love this time in marketing, and I will say that before the pandemic, um, but the pandemic, yes, has reinforced it even more. So I think we are um, becoming more aware of, of, of um, our, our role in society as marketers, as business people. Um, inclusion and diversity also, obviously, has, has come to the surface. Um, you know, racism re- has reared its ugly head mm-hmm. in the last six months, along with the pandemic. And, and so companies are, um, you know, working on statements and, and strategies and plans and activities to support Black Lives Matter, uh, inclusion, diversity, in addition to everything else you were mentioning. Um, Certainly. It's a, yeah, it's a good time for us to, to again, reflect and, and, and recalibrate. The other thing I wanted to say, um, I tie almost everything back to social media. This is why I like social media for all the reasons you were talking about um, that you like marketing and, and, and which I agree with and, and, and share those same, um, that same passion. Social media is transparent, it's authentic and it's not direct heavy selling, but it does lead to sales. So I always tell my clients, you know, use social media to put, a face on your brand and and a smile on your face and and be human and and yes. people people do business with people yes yeah I, yes i i mean from the rooftop totally i think yeah. you know social it's one of the things that i think b2b marketing has struggled with over the years is how do you measure brand awareness and how do you measure brand sentiment um and what does that look like and again social media is an interesting animal in that you know, you're a, you can actually apply metrics, maybe sentiment is a hard one, but engagement, at least Mm -hmm. looking at, you know, not necessarily comments, but combining all of those data points together to be able to look at trend lines in terms of interactions and increased followers and increased engagements and stuff like that. So even, you know, it's, I just remember 
I don't remember what year it was, but I remember watching the Super Bowl. And again, I am a Patriots fan. So it was one of our Super Bowls. Yes, one of our men. (laughs) But I just remember when, I don't know if it was ours, but remember the blackout in the stadium? Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I think I know what you're going to say. Oreos jumped on that. Like, that was awesome. Like, talk about a brand response and talk about the power of social media. Yeah. And like their ability, like, I'm sure that wasn't planned. There was another one. Wendy's is another one that absolutely cracks me up. If nobody follows them, they were very funny and very witty. Yes. Oh my God. Hysterical on Twitter to be able to roast. And even just like, um, uh, uh, again, another one. So Stephen King, not being a brand, but he is a brand in a lot of ways. Yes. You know, hysterical on Twitter. And I I, agree. I'll leave the political side out of it, but even just the way that he talks about his dog is so funny. Yep. No, I've seen him. Uh, He's very uh, conspicuous in his presence on Twitter. Stephen King is. Um, Yeah. Politics aside, our, our, um, you know, our president um, uses Twitter, obviously, Mm -hmm. um, repetitively um, in, in, I, I don't like what he says. Um, I'll be honest. I don't didn't vote for him. I, I, I'm a I'm registered Democrat. You. Yeah, yeah. Which I, mm-hmm. we can share. We can get a little. I know. Political. I I didn't know who your listeners were. <laughs> no, no. It, it's okay. Whoever they are, I want them to to know how I vote and and I vote Democrat and and um, get out the vote this year. Yes, uh, in November. Um, but so I have. That's I say all that because I'm I'm going to say something uh, semi. Uh, positive uh, uh, about how he communicates. And that is the fact he uses Twitter. And, and I think any, so I tell any business or brand, he is conspicuous in his presence on Twitter. And any brand or business or person can do the same thing, hopefully for good and say positive things and good things. But imagine how powerful that would be if we had, um, a million other people offsetting some of that negativity by saying positive things and, and getting the positive word out. And that's possible. Anybody can get on Twitter and tweet a hundred times and say some good things and that'll push down the negativity. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Uh, okay. So my new obsession, again, I, I love TikTok. I, I was going to put it out TikTok there. Recently. No, I TikTok's very cool. I've played with it. I've seen some, I, there's a couple of um, sales leaders that I've seen giving away tips and tricks and stuff like that on TikTok very, very successfully. And it's interesting because what you see on TikTok is, and I've seen stories and I'm sure it happens in other social media channels too, but the power of the hashtag. And so yep. there were those get togethers. Again, I don't remember exactly where this was, but it was a Trump event. And to, to oh, I know what you're going to say. Yep. Expand his message. Yes. There was the power of the hashtag that be able to kind of push it down and change the rhetoric and change the sentiment on there too. So there's a really interesting way to be able to leverage some of these platforms. Again, barring the right target audience and Jesse, done in I, a way that's smart. So. I can tell you specifically. Um, oh, good. You no, know, what they so a couple of things uh, you know about again we we'll get we we we've already we've totally uh, deviated. So we've, yeah, we've already <laughs> gone there, and there's no walking this back. Um, I, when I did, um, you know, I do a lot of videos and when he was running for president, I, I did a video where I said, you know, watch out everybody that this, this man knows how to use social media, knows how to communicate, um, or his team does. 
and and you know that helped him get elected. The irony here now, because I know what happened on TikTok, um, is a lot of other people know social mm-hmm. media too. And what the TikTok people did, because I watched this video of someone on TikTok, they it was for one of his events. Mm-hmm. All they rallied each other to buy tickets to one of his events so that it appeared because anybody could do this. This is what I read. So, mm-hmm. so don't quote me on this, but this is what I read. Anybody could buy tickets, I, I get tickets, they were free. And that made it appear that it was sold out. So the people who really wanted to go couldn't get tickets. So that oh, suppressed the audience. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And it was TikTok rallied. The point, the upshot of all this is using social media. Yeah, there's people on the left, there's people on the right. The people, obviously, who, who did and are going to vote for Trump, and there are people who, who like myself, and it sounds like you too, are going to vote for, for Biden. Yeah. Um, but the point is, social media can be used for good or bad. Let's use it for good. And, yeah. and frank, frankly, you know, that could be, I never felt um, that I, um, you know, it, it could be a Republican or a Democrat. Just use it for good. And it, it's powerful. Yeah. It's here's a here's a flip side, you know, to take the politics out of it. So the idea of um, building community is, you know, again, increasingly important around here, too. So being able to leverage, you know, a hashtag or awareness or making connections. So let's say you have some sort of um, let's say you have some sort of disease, you know, and you are looking for other people with a similar disease. I of course can't think of anything off the top of my head as I'm talking about it. Well, children's cancer, because um, I'll have an example for you in a minute. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, so the idea of being able to meet other people who are using that hashtag all over the world is yes. incredible. But also from a branding perspective, if you're a business and you make medical devices or you provide an app that helps track yes. or you have some sort of something service that you're providing to that particular subset of people with that disease it allows you to be able to tap into that community mm-hmm. naturally and not Boom. forcefully and yes. you don't have to own the conversation which is where brands make the biggest mistake in a lot of ways is go where your audience already exists and be able to say oh you know you can see what people are asking you can see what people are saying you can look for people who might be able to sit on like a uh like a group a focus group is the word mm-hmm. advisors <laughs> And really have members. This positive brand interaction there to be able to influence and help people, you know, get better, you know, especially if it's a disease or even, you know, with all the stuff going on in the world. Did you see an example for that one? Yes. So, so the example, um, I, I brought up children's cancer because I'm, I'm running the, and geez, I could pack a bunch of stories here, but I'll try mm-hmm. to be succinct. Um, I'm running the virtual Boston marathon next week, planning on doing it Monday for oh. Christmas Haven. Christmas Haven oh, yeah. is a nonprofit in Boston, provide housing for families whose kids have cancer and they're in Boston getting treatment. They stay at Christmas Haven while they're, the kids are going um, to get the treatment in the Boston hospitals. Um, and and, and um, pediatric cancer might be a hashtag, cancer might be a hashtag, fundraising might be a hashtag. Um, you know, that's how Christmas Haven would get in the conversation and how people um, would find them. And when I'm fundraising for them, I might use those hashtags. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, pediatric cancer or cancer or children with cancer. So um, 
quick segue to, to hashtags, the virtual Boston Marathon or Boston Marathon virtual experience, they're using the hashtag finish strong. And I have a column on my tweet deck that I watch and anyone who uses finish strong, a lot of them are people who are running the virtual Boston Marathon all over the world. And it's really cool to, to watch that conversation. Now, if um, say a running shoe or a Fitbit or a uh, um, sock. Energy I mean. bar. Yeah, energy bar. Finish strong as a hashtag. You want to be following. You want to get into those conversations. So there's yeah. an example on, on Twitter. So you said you use TweetDeck. What, you know, this is a question I get asked literally every day. What technology do you use to manage your social media? So, and again, I, I use my phone. I'm not a best <laughs> in class example of it, but I recommend, I recommend Hootsuite. Yes, Hootsuite's everybody. awesome. Yes. But you, what do you use? And, I love and that I, you asked me that question. Thank yeah. you. No, so, so it, it depends on my client. Hootsuite absolutely is, is one of the uh, tools in my or Buffer. Buffer's Buffer yes, is yes. one I use yeah, probably I every day um, for myself. Okay, I, I use Buffer and Schedule and I use the free buffer tool. Mm -hmm. um, I also use a tool called Feedly, which aggregates content that I want to see uh, based on topics. So it might be social media, it might be marketing, it might have something to do with my client. And then I can instantly tweet that article after I've read it quickly to, to, to my audience. Oh. TweetDeck is an awesome tool that I probably have, I'm not exaggerating, 40 or 50 columns. I put clients in columns. I put my list in columns. I could put you in a column. Mm -hmm. I, I could put any hashtag in a column. That's how I monitor Twitter. Um, if I can for my clients, I like to do my posting natively. If I'm have, so because why? And when you, you say natively, you mean within the within the tech itself. Manually, right within the, the channel. Yeah, yeah. Because that will get you the biggest bang for your buck if you can huh. do it manually, natively. You know, I do I do I do I know this for a fact? Not necessarily. I know it from experience. Gotcha. And I know it from from word of mouth. Meaning if you use a third party tool, there are people that say it will not get as much reach and engagement hmm. versus doing it natively. So I try to do it natively. I can't say that for a fact, but I can say I have seen that. I also automate a lot of my content though, because you can't possibly, let's say you're tweeting 20 times a day for a client. And in the past, I've done something like that, Jesse, yeah. almost once an hour. Yeah, I've used, you know, when I worked at Overdrive, we had a proprietary um, tool. Um, I've also used Sprinkler. Um, I'm trying to think of other tools I've used, um, you know, there are so many of them out mm -hmm. there. I just did a uh, Twitter chat for Agora Pulse, and I know they have a, a, a tool. Um, a lot of them are very similar. Once you've used one, you, you can pretty easily use the others. And Feedly, sorry, I'm jumping around because um, I we didn't mention this. I run a Facebook group called Actionable Marketing that gives tips and tricks out. I try and post two to three times a week. Um, and I'm like, they always ask me, what social media do you use? How often do you post? This is like a constant question. And so a Feedly, it, does it allow you to find information about a particular, like you could set up? Yes. Walk me through it for another second. Yes. Sorry. So, so Feedly will not do the 
it's not a social media for you no it will not find relevant stuff on a particular topic absolutely cool other people's content baby the power of other people's content. third party content jesse and i will say you so also i was saying manually in the um um in the apps themselves in the channels themselves you can schedule you can schedule on facebook and schedule um on twitter you don't have to use a third party tool um i say try to do as much as you can manually natively um but schedule quite a bit because you want to so my personal channels are an example i always have um content going out on twitter on a regular basis i try to post on facebook and linkedin i'm mm-hmm. doing it for a client once sometimes even twice a day because the organic reach is down so low now jesse mm-hmm. people aren't seeing your content we're mm-hmm. talking like one percent two percent organic reach um, oh yeah so that's a terrible to be honest with you um um percentage a terribly low percentage of people organically who are seeing your content so you've got to be posting regularly and if you're a big business or brand Ideally, you're you're paying to promote some of this content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are going all over the place. I'm going to ask you a few more questions, and we're going to sure. believe it or not, we, we're you know uh, uh, close to I don't know 50 55 minutes. I'm not watching uh, the clock that closely, but 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 we can go on. Um, any businesses and brands that you haven't mentioned that you want to talk about that do great advertising, great marketing, great on social media? You've mentioned a bunch. You know, I agree with you on Wendy's and 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 I forget who Oreo. else you mentioned Oreo. <laughs> yeah, newsjacking that is when they jump into yeah. the conversation. Any Still others? Is. Anything current that you want to talk about? Um, I was gonna say I've been in my little hole of my world with clients. I mean, the person I follow the most from a B two B perspective, I mean Scott Brinker and his Martech news and updates if you're not following him you're missing out he's killer the biggest thing that i've seen crop up in the past couple of days and maybe i'm a little bit late to the train or i'm early don't know um the uh no code is a hot buzzword at the moment so the uh, no code technologies being you know tech that you and i just talked about yes technology that you can implement and use in building your tech stack within your business that doesn't involve any coding. So, you know, for example, I run my business through QuickBooks, Squarespace, Acuity. Um, I use, uh, I'm trying to think what else, Asana um, for project management, Eversign, all of, you know, for document signatures and stuff like that. All of this Mm -hmm. stuff is easy. You sign up and it goes. MailChimp, Flowdesk, all these things. So all of those are considered no code. There's no coding that you need to do to be able to set any of this stuff up. So it's not necessarily a brand that we need to follow, but I feel like this is going to be from a marketing technology standpoint, something that everyone should have it on their radars. It's a thing. No, no code. And um, no, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, So I'm not, you know, totally immersed in, in all the technology. I use everything I need to for social media. Um, You know, for for AMA Boston, we use Basecamp. I had a client, um, and this no code. Thing, la, la, what's that? It's no code, Basecamp. Uh, yeah, no coding. So Microsoft Trello. Teams. Yeah. Um, Slack. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think what else I I, I use. Uh, WordPress. I told you with my blog. 
I don't um, know if WordPress falls into that because sometimes you do need coding. There is some coding so involved. I don't, again, I've just kind of, this thing has popped on my radar in the past couple of days. So I'm diving into it a little bit more, but even like Webflow, which is a new um, web, I haven't, again, that's, it's a competitor to Wix and Squarespace and all that stuff. Since this is the world that I live in frequently, um, you know, that's I, an interesting one. I use Adobe Spark sometimes for my videos. Okay. Yeah. Um, I use, uh, I'm looking at my phone literally right now. I know, that, right? Because I use a lot of simple apps, Video Shop and, and uh -huh. UCut. These Canva. are, what's that? Canva. Canva is a good one. Canva, mm -hmm. I haven't used it in a while, but I've used Canva plenty of times. Um, where, so so I wanted to mention a few few brands that, that um, or, or something, Yeah. at least one more brand that, uh, is related to what we've been talking about, hashtags RunKeeper. So RunKeeper is an app that- Oh, I've heard of that one. Yeah, fitness app. And, yeah. And they did something or they do something um, that I've used all summer and it's just called run to feel hashtag. Huh. And I used it July and August and it's a challenge. And I didn't see any reward or award uh, given for using the hashtag. So, so they got a lot of free promotion from, from me and probably hundreds, thousands, millions, others. I don't know how many. Are but they the owned by Under Armour? Are they part Asics. of like the Asics now. Oh, okay. Cause I was gonna say my fitness pal is the other one. And then there's Matt, maybe it's Matt, my run. Yeah. yeah. There's a bunch of them. Yeah. There's a bunch of them. But challenges. And if you use TikTok, you probably see it. A challenge, a brand or a business can challenge its audience to do something. Oh, create a hashtag. Gamification. Yeah, mm -hmm. it gets them engaged. It gets them mm -hmm. involved. So, so that's uh, something else I wanted to mention. Um, what do you think about the future of marketing and 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 social Ooh. media, Jesse? Where you, where are you going to be in ten years? I mean, sitting on an island, hopefully <laughs> drinking a cocktail. You know, who knows? Um, no, but I, I mean, ten years is a long time. I actually don't know if I could tell you where I think it's going to be in ten years. I feel like five years from now, it all depends on a couple of things. You know, let's say the election will have a big effect on things, how we treat this pandemic, you know, and what the, you know, kind of what this virus ends up, how this affects us is going to have an effect on everything. And so I don't, I don't think we're going to go back to the way things were. I hope we don't, you know, because it obviously was working, but wasn't working. Um, I think you're going to see you know, what's been really interesting to watch is the rise of influencers and the, I don't, what's the opposite of rise? The decrease of importance. Decline. Yeah. yeah. Decline of celebrity and how that affects marketing in particular is you're going to, you know, the influencer has become the new celebrity and that whole process is going to transform again. But I think that's going to be, you're going to have these community leaders, you know, whatever that looks like are going to be these brand influencers promoting and creating and building, you know, there's going to be eight more social media channels that we haven't even thought of yet. That's going to come out. I know I, you know, again, Apple's going to come out with some new tech that we're going to go, uh Oh, we got to figure out how to, you know, build to be able to promote on that, you know? And I think the last piece of it yeah. was retargeting is a big one. So the idea of, um, you know, thinking back, to, I don't remember when Minority Report came out, but 
these retargeting, but retargeting for good is going to be yes. even more important. And yes. so people, you know, a lot of people will call, like my parents will call and be like, oh, this ad's following me around. I was on the website two days ago. I was like, so like, wouldn't you rather get something that's relevant to you? Exactly. Something that's like, you know, I don't know, something completely non-related. So I, I think digital media, digital ads, retargeting, I think that's something that we need to focus on in the next couple of years, you know, um, amongst all the other stuff that we talked about. But yeah, no, I, I- B2B brands do it. That's the other piece of it. I love that you are focusing on, um, you know, doing well by doing good and and interesting i find how much you've emphasized and i do agree with you 110 percent. i just hope hope the rest of the world does because uh, i'm not so sure everybody is is learning uh their their lesson frankly um and seeing things the way you and i see things um but i hope things do change for the better and and that we come out of this pandemic uh, doing business differently and, and realizing um, that things were broken. I, I, I have to, you know, say my, that's how I feel bluntly. Um, yeah. and, and let's fix it and, and let's use this time to, to uh, uh, plan for an even better future. Um, I think it's going to drive innovation. I mean, look at the challenges that people are having with school systems. You know, yes. we have to figure out how to make that possible you know and i don't i don't know the answer but i've seen you know i've got a lot of friends with young kids and they just yes. family with young kids and they don't you know your wife's affected like we need to figure out how to do this in a way that makes sense you know and i i think it's gonna i'm hoping all of this sparks some really creative innovations to kind of push us into a healthier I, world i think it is i think it's accelerated the pace of uh technology made people realize that they need to know technology. Mm -hmm. Like I say, please use technology and you're saying it, but good. Mm -hmm. Think if we, cause I did say, I think the president um, got to partially use technology um, and communications online to get elected. So more people have to realize the power of, mm -hmm. of technology and, and frankly wise up and, and, and realize that they need, they, we, we get what we, um, unfortunately it is what it is. And if we don't learn, we're not gonna be able to overcome um, um, what we, we think might not be good for us. Um, you know, so let's, let's learn the power of technology and use it for good. Yep. Let's, let's businesses invest their money, not necessarily just on making more money, but on, on changing the world for the better. Well, I think their employees are gonna call for it. You know, people Love are going to make decisions, yep. you know, for me, it's making decisions and I've seen it. I mean, you need a job, you need a job, but sometimes if you have the opportunity to choose, pick a company that has a culture and a mission, you know, and hold them accountable. Like I'll give you a great example. Um, Dell, I have a number of friends who work at different departments within Dell and um, there is some really great mentorship programs within that organization, like really positive uh, you know, including diversity and things like that. So, I mean, they're a huge company and being able to empower their employees to be able to educate and teach and mentor, you know, and I'll, I'll spare you the details, but like, that's awesome. Like, that's such a great thing and they should be talking about it more, you know. Jesse, so, something you said, you know, the employees are going to call for it. 
I agree with you. And it's the, the younger generation, frankly, you know, um, I don't know if you heard my son, uh, my oldest son, he was just calling me. He came, yeah. came by for a visit. He's, he's 24. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's people his age and my other son, who's a senior at UMass 21, um, they're not going to take it anymore. Um, well, totally. Think <laughs> they're going to change movie. this world for the better. What's the movie? Is it the new version of 21 Jump Street? Is that it? I don't know. There was a new version. It was Seth Rogen. No, let me think. It was Channing Tatum and yep. Jonah Hill. And I, they have to pose as high schoolers. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's 21 Jump I think I know the movie. Yeah, it's a movie. And, yeah, and a James, James Franco, David Franco, Dave Franco plays like a high school kid. And like when they go back to high school, you know, it was like, no, we're trying to save the earth. We're, you know, we're, you know, <laughs> you were driving Priuses. And I was like, that's it. That's yep. it. Literally, yep. like right there. That's what's happening. That's what needs to happen in such grander scale. So. Jesse, you and I are going to help save the world uh, one way good. or another. As long uh, as we um, get to take naps. As <laughs> long as we what? As long as there's a nap involved at some point. <laughs> Plenty of naps. We've all learned that, again, based on uh, the, the freedom and autonomy we've all had during this pandemic. Naps Certainly. are important. Seriously. Uh, I was after a quote to help promote this uh, episode. <laughs> naps are important. Yeah. Rest and relaxation, self-care, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Space. Jesse. Any last words um, before I wind this down? Anything else you want to say about marketing, social media, life in general, your business, yeah. et cetera? Um, hey, tell people how to reach you, how to connect oh, with you. Well, you can Google me and I show up. So Jesse Cohen Marketing, jessicohenmarketing.com. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook, uh, Facebook profile. I'm on Instagram. I'm on the Twitter. Um, I think I hit them all, right? That's all of them. So, yeah. you know, Jesse, jessicohenmarketing.com. You know, if you Google me, I show up. So I'm easy to find. But. You are awesome, Jesse. You're awesome. Thanks awesome. for having Thank me. Thank you. Thanks for joining me today for this this rambling, uh, wide-ranging <laughs> conversation. Yeah, we definitely, woo! <laughs> <laughs> Love it. You know, it's 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 business, but it's also life and in general and and it's it's work-life balance and that is how this conversation has gone um folks you've been listening to bob cargill's marketing show and you you might have been watching this i hope you've been watching this i i i record it via zoom share it all over social media but also i use podbean as my provider for the podcast and then distribute it everywhere and that includes spotify etc etc um I have been talking to Jesse Cohn of Jesse Cohen Marketing. She is ridiculously awesome. We worked together about 12 years ago. She's on, gone on to stardom and fame, now running her own business. I highly recommend her as a, a human being and a business person. Um, Jesse, thank you so much for today's conversation. It was my pleasure, Bob. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much, Jesse. And and thanks so much to anybody who's been watching and listening. This has been Bob Cargill's Marketing Show. Bob Cargill signing off, and I will talk to you, see you again soon.